Welcome everybody into another episode of the Take and Blake Show. My name is Blake Crawford alongside John Rowe. Here to get you ready for K-State versus KU happening tonight, 6 p.m. ESPN. Uh, hopefully you guys can listen to this, you know, maybe as you're walking to your first day of class on a Tuesday morning or, you know, anything else, maybe you're, while you're waiting in line, um, you know, as a student or, yeah. you know, as, or whatever for the KU game or ready to watch it on ESPN with uh, Fran Fischilla on color, which is going to be great. Uh, or just uh, – or, or feel free to uh, listen to this while while running into many brick walls because I feel as if that's what I'm going to do tomorrow uh, – but today as well. We're recording this. We're recording this the night before, so it's going to be very inconvenient. Yeah. <laughs> John's not getting any sleep tonight. He's, he's dead. <laughs> No, it's not at all. Syllabus week is going to be, it's going to, it's going to be rough. Uh, I mean, I can't, <laughs> I mean, John, there's a lot of excitement around this game. We have K-State hasn't been this good in a while. And to have, uh, you know, KU coming into town where we're number 13 in the country, obviously KU's number two, but you know, they haven't been perfect. Uh, we'll obviously get into that a little bit. Um, we haven't talked about the TCU game at all. I don't really want to talk about it because you know, it was just a bad game all around in our part. We didn't look like ourselves, turned the ball over like crazy, didn't shoot it well. You know, losing to a, you know, top 15 TCU team in Fort Worth, you know, you're going to lose in the Big 12 on the road. That just happens. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. And a TCU team that was was hungry uh, for a win coming up of a uh, blown lead uh, and a loss to Texas as well. I mean, Mike Miles. He had zero assist in the game against the Longhorns, and he had a he had um only eleven total assists on the team. And on Saturday, he had uh, eleven dimes himself, and, and the Frogs dished out twenty two total uh, assists. K State's defense was just not up to par, especially in the paint, where they were getting Eddie Lampkin um a lot of, uh, a lot of opportunities uh, to score him, and on top of that, um. TCU's locked locked down defensive effort, forced K State twenty turnovers as well. And I mean, really, I mean, but the the portions of a game that lost it for K State were the turnovers uh, and um, uh, points in the paint as well. But uh, I got to say, TCU for what it's worth, I mean, their lockdown defense was pretty dang good considering that they only had eight total fouls uh, in the entire game. So, just another little thought I had in my head. <laughs> as well so i i wish i was i was able to i wish i was able to watch it a little more clear and focused um but i was also working the texas tech women's basketball game that day which also did not go too well so uh but you 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 pointed this out i mean it's the big 12 everybody's gonna have an on and off day and i mean there there is no off day and there is no off nine in the big 12 you're going to get the best out of everybody and from a Kansas fan perspective, you're definitely going to get the best out of everybody. And um, just considering that you're a defending national champion, and now that you're going to get battle-tested like you haven't seen before since 2008 uh, when Mario Chalmers was shooting threes as well. So, um, I mean, they've seen the best from a lot of teams, well, except for Missouri because they were absolute garbage that day. Uh, and we'll see if K-State can uh, live up to – Kind of, kind of live up to the um, best that they can play and make this, uh, make the Sunflower Showdown a game worth watching and a game worth celebrating as well at the end. 
Yeah, definitely. Before we get into it, make sure you're following us on Twitter at ShakenBlake75. Leave a review. Wherever you're listening, make sure you're following the podcast as well. Now, John, um, before we talk about you know X's and O's and break down some numbers, uh, this is probably a conversation we we're going to have anyway, you know, because of what KU fans bring up sometimes. But um, we, I think we should talk about what happened in J- the Drum Tang press conference, some of the things he said. Um, I pulled up some quotes. Um, it's caused some discussion on K-State Twitter and on the message boards. Um, I'm still trying to trying to dissect how I feel about it. Um, yeah, well. yeah, it's it's complicated. Um, but let's if you're unfamiliar, let's go and kind of walk through it here. Um, so to start out, he says, you know, he's kind of reflected this in the previous press conference against TCU. But, you know, he said, quote, to me, a rivalry is like when both teams are winning games and it's close, not just because one fan base doesn't like the other fan base to make it a rivalry. Both sides got to do something. And I don't know that we made it a rivalry. And that's what I'm here to do to make it a rivalry and quote. So that's a totally fair sentiment. You know, he mentions in football how, you know, K-State's whooped KU, you know, 14 years in a row. Um, so I think it's a little, it just irks me a little bit just cause, you know, this, the in-state rivalry thing is a big deal. I think all of the games that we've had means a lot, you know, it's the sixth longest rivalry. I think it's up there as one of the biggest rivalries in college basketball, even though it may not be particularly close, but I mean, look, John, KU's yeah. probably the greatest college basketball program of all time. I think they're the winningest college football or yeah, college basketball were, program of all time. They were they were a winningest program, and Kentucky had that title last year before they lost to St. Peter's, and KU made their run uh, in the postseason. But uh, yeah, my point, my point being really quick, just like has anybody done well against KU in their entire history? Like, not really. I mean, not to you know make excuses for us, but KU. I mean, it's it's kind of unfortunate we had a rivalry with <laughs> with a team that's on this caliber, that's like an ultimate blue blood in college football or college basketball history. And this is no diss or, or anything like that, but it's, it's, it's kind of like comparing Auburn to Alabama and football, or I don't know. I'm trying to think of another comparison, maybe the Clippers to the Lakers when Kobe Bryant was, was shooting real hot back, back in the day. And then um, I do the Chicago bulls have a rivalry because Michael Jordan was shredding it up um, back in the day as well. Um, like the or, bad boy oh, Pistons, kind of, you know, back in. Yeah. Oh, me, oh, well, you know, it could be like the Yankees and, and Mets. I mean, you, you, yeah. you have to kind of deal with all the success that the uh, team, that the in-state team or just the in-town team from a Mets-Yankees perspective. You just look at a lot of it, a lot of success and some of those close games against some of those best teams. And particularly last year when, K-State had KU on the ropes. It was a 15-point lead, possibly one of the best first halves we've seen from a K-State fan perspective. But late in the game, KU was just they, – they, um, they just had more of a talent. They had the coach uh, on the sideline at, at that point who was, who was able to close out games more, and especially they had more guys up in the paint to dominate the boards, of course, and – it doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't help when you're getting out rebounded 45 to 23 and all that. So K-State, I mean, they had a lot of moments um to make this rivalry really feel something. I mean, in Allen Fieldhouse, not so much over the oh over the recent years, but um 
nonetheless, I mean, despite the series records and leads and all that, I mean, when when it's when this game is being played in Bramwell Jimmy Octagon of Doom, not only are you going to get just a a a well a well, I wouldn't say well prepared, but you're going to get possibly one of the more ready teams you're going to see out of uh, out of K State in a long time, and on top of that, you're going to get a sellout every year when uh, when Kansas comes in as well. I mean, even some of the worst years, uh, maybe except for twenty nineteen. Uh, 2019 uh and you're gonna get a sellout at, at, at every game so um it, it it's hopefully it lives up to the expectation i mean we saw the oklahoma state game completely sold out um and now we're probably gonna likely see well i mean it, it's not likely it's a guarantee that's gonna be a sellout crowd tomorrow as well but um in, in terms of what jerome tang had to say um i think he also did point out we we want the fans to come out to Bramwich Coliseum to support K-State rather than to fully hate on KU, which, which that to me, I was like, couldn't it be both? Couldn't it be both because you're, because you're looking at it. I mean, because he, he's not thinking of it. I, I mean, I understand from a Baylor perspective, you have a lot more rivals. You have like TCU and Texas tech, Texas, I mean, you have a lot of rivalries, but I mean, at, at K State, it's it's pretty much Kansas as the primary rival. You aren't going to get any other big, like maybe Iowa State to a certain degree. You, I mean, you just don't have that, all that field up hatred uh, all the way up uh, towards another school, not other than Kansas. So, um, it 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 sparked a little bit of just some. Second thoughts from my perspective. I I I I don't know. I was just not. I I honestly don't know where I was going to go with that. It's complicated. It's definitely complicated. It's really complicated because uh, I mean, maybe it's our fault, John, that we were raised like this, you know. But I mean, I hate KU. I mean, listen, I hate that too. Listen, when Northern Iowa beat him in the tournament in the second round, I cackled. Nine-year-old me cackled hysterically. You know, when they got absolutely destroyed by Villanova in the final four, I cackled hysterically. You know, when I was watching. When they got destroyed by USC in twenty in the 2021 NCAA tournament, I laughed my ass off. All right. Here, I mean, and, and another thing to point this out, just from a pers- personal perspective, I was born in Lawrence, all right? <laughs> it, it was bad living there. I was born in Lawrence. It was so bad. <laughs> Then in about a month later, we moved to <laughs> we we moved to Manhattan. Thirty days later, now I'm just kidding. My my dad got my dad got a uh, got a call from um, from K State at the time, looking to be a volleyball assistant. I just used that joke because I, mean, <laughs> I hate them. I, I I there's no other way to put it. Jerome Jerome Ting, yes, there's a lot of there's a lot of re, like respect. You you got to pay your dues and and all and all the respect. But oh, I mean, but the gloves are off. The gloves are completely off in a rivalry like this. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's just going to be okay one one way or the other. We're going to be they're going to be celebrating. He he's looking at it as like okay, it's not a win is a win and a loss is a loss. But to us fans and in the entire state of Kansas, this game means a lot more, and especially from a K State perspective, in which if you're able to be KU especially in Jerome Tank's first year, 
you're, I mean, that, that, that asserts your dominance in, in, in the state. Uh, now, and now you're looking at potentially higher, a little bit more higher recruiting of Kansas just has all the prestige and all that, but, and, and Bill Self on the sideline as well. But now it can finally get to a point where everybody can start caring about the rivalry. Whereas we've seen in the past few years, Kansas fans just flopping out. Oh, it's just not been a rivalry throughout the past few years. Uh, we, I mean, we just dominated you. Um, I, I don't know. It, it just feels as if this is this is a big opportunity for K State to make their mark. Uh, not not just not just in Manhattan, but on the biggest stage possible. You're on an ESPN for six o'clock. Everybody's going to be tuning in. If you if you beat that Kansas team that has only lost one game this season, undefeated in 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 a conference play. I mean that's going to be a significant boost of a program compared to. I mean. It's already a big boost to where it was, uh, like currently. But I mean, if you beat KU, then it, everything's gonna get loose, and K State's gonna skyrocket. Uh, whether it's media or uh, pre- poll predictions or stuff like that, I mean, it's it's a it's a big deal. It's a it's a big big deal. Yeah, I mean, let's let's go through everything else. A couple, there's a couple other things you said before we kind of continue further. All right, you- I went too long by the way no no no, you're good you already mentioned this earlier but just to quote it you know he said quote i don't want them to show up to the gate to to the game and yell and scream i don't want our fans to show up because they hate the other team i want them to show up because they love k-state and i think he's trying to get to the fact that he wants sellouts for every game he wants people to show up for every game not just because they're playing KU and they hate KU which is a totally fair sentiment and all the other games have been selling out you know Jerome Tanks proved that this is a quality team in the court and I think that's shown with ticket sales um another quote here I feel like we the Kansas State community and family allow them to live rent free in our heads way too much that's I don't know if that's the smartest thing to say for the PR team, but let's go through one more quote, John. You mentioned earlier, it's one game in the conference. If we win, it's one win. If we lose, it's one loss. That's it. I came to try and win a big 12 championship and win a national championship, which is totally fair saying, you know, that this one game isn't going to decide everything. You know, we have bigger aspirations than beating, you know, beating a big 12 basketball team, but let's just, let's just call a spade a spade here. This game means more. Listen over, you know, if we're going five years out, people are going to remember how K-State did against KU every year. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, you know, this is, this is on a smaller scale. I don't want to, you know, say that this is the exact same, but you look at a guy like Ryan Day at Ohio State, you know, he's had extremely extreme good success at Ohio State, but you lose to Michigan two years in a row. And it's like, oh, well, I mean, we need to get a new coach, you know, and it's yeah, which is absolutely absurd. That's what they're strongly considering right now. If Ryan Day is not able to beat Michigan next season, I mean, it's it's that bad. I mean, Auburn. I mean, Auburn was to the point in which, uh, if you if you can't compete with the likes of Alabama and Georgia every year, then you're just not you're just not going to be fully con- competing at the top, and we might have to be looking for someone else. So, I mean, it's just a lot of the it's just the rivalry games that especially mean more. Not just, well, I mean, again, not from a fan perspective, but from some of the other factors as well. I understand recruiting and basketball is a limited, a little more of a limited capacity. But if you're, but you're, you're able to rack up some more kids locally or nationally that have been leaning towards more of a blue bloods. If K State's able to take out one of those blue bloods in Kansas, 
possibly the, the only relevant one as well at this point because Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky have been circling the drain as well. Um, but if you're, I mean, if you're able to be Kansas, it, it means it's going to mean a lot. It, it's going to mean a lot. And I mean, it even, it, even it means a lot playing them. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about the Big 12 being the best conference and all, but got be an absolute gauntlet. But but the captain the captain of a ship, of course, is Kansas. Um, just from an overall pedigree of where they've been standing in, in the college basketball world, and now you're looking at it from a K State. I mean, this is pretty much David versus Goliath. I mean, that's that's possibly the best way I could have put it. I mean, it's it's David versus Goliath. Yeah, I thought yeah. I had something else to say, uh, but I just paused. Uh, it's okay. We we <laughs> you caught me off guard there. Uh, I think, uh, to be frank, I just I don't know if Jerome Tang gets it. I think he will get it, especially after after I think his press conference and his thoughts on this game will be definitely be different after this game and the post game press conference. I'll be really curious to see that because he, he, he's already active enough on Twitter, so uh, may, maybe he has seen some of the quotes already. <laughs> Yeah, About, I think I think yeah. the reception has been mostly positive. I think, you know, to be fair, I think, you know, the problem may be with us, John, that we hate KU. I think as the years go by, I slowly, you know, the disdain slowly goes away because I can appreciate the type of basketball they play. It's good basketball. Um, but, you know, I still the, the rivalry is still there. It's an interstate rivalry. I mean, I have to interact with KU fans more than any other fan base in the Big 12. You know, my dad will always complain to me. He owns a restaurant in my hometown, having to talk to KU fans all the time and Nebraska fans and how annoying they are. And he could, we, you know, if we can beat them in basketball and stick it to them. And I think, I don't know if my dad still has a bet with his friend that, you know, the loser, the loser has to like, you know, pay for a pizza or something, but you know, that's on the line too. You know, if they want to think about that, um, <laughs> but you know, to kind of sum it up, you know, I think everything, Coach Tang said is totally reasonable and probably moral and just and the right thing to say. But screw it. This is a rivalry, but man. It's a it's a rivalry. And I think to not play it up at least a little bit, you know, that this is a big rivalry. You know, I know there's, you know, I think um Nate Aubrey's the only dude from Kansas um on the team. But you know, I think, you know, if you ask Grady Dick about the rivalry, I'm sure it means something to him, you know, being from Wichita and you know, seeing this every year. You know, it's it means a lot. It's and he was grown a Jayhawk. I mean, he had parents raised. I mean, he had parents as Jayhawks. I mean, he he was he was born crimson and blue. And I mean, I'm sure he he would love nothing more to, um, really go after after one one of the teams that he likely might have despised over the past few years as well. Yeah. So. I think we can kind of put a pin on that conversation. It's something that comes up every year. I mean, I remember me and me and Colby talked about it in our pregame show for the KU game last year because KU fans were the ones bringing up how it's you know it's not a rivalry. It's a rivalry, but um, let's get into let's get into the basketball of it, John. Um, so obviously, K State's coming off a fourteen point loss to TCU on the road. KU is sixteen and one. They're mm-hmm. five and zero oh in conference play. They're ranked number two in the country. But you look at the you look at the you know the box scores, John. They've you know it's their their start to Big Twelve play hasn't exactly been spectacular. You know you have a two point win against Oklahoma State at home. You know you beat what Texas Tech by three. You know you beat West Virginia by uh, double digits. 
but you know, you're down 10 points with like, you know, five minutes left or whatever against OU on your home floor, you managed to make a comeback and win. Then you go back and forth, you know, against Iowa state in a grueling match mm-hmm. and you barely pull one out with, you know, KJ Adams hitting a big shot and Iowa state just fumbling the ball. They couldn't dribble the basketball like the last two minutes, but uh, that's, that's besides the point. The point being KU's had been in some, some meat grinders uh, these last few games so this, you know, they're they're a really, really good team, but I think Tasted is totally up for the match, especially being motivated coming off of a loss, you know, breaking their nine game winning streak. Well, I mean, especially from I mean, from an overall perspective in the Big 12, Kansas has been dealing with a lot of meat grinders. K-State's been dealing with a lot of meat grinders. You're seeing Iowa State deal with meat grinders, everybody in the Big 12 dealing with a meat grinder schedule. Um, with a meat grinder type of schedule. And I mean, there's a reason why the Kim, why Kim Palm has the 10 teams in the big 12 ranked in the top 10 for the strength, strength of schedule. And it's just a complete meat grinder, but nonetheless, Kate, I mean, KU just continues to find ways to do it. I mean, they, no matter their, their deficit, they just find a way to, to come back. And I mean, that just starts off the top with Bill self. I mean, he just finds a way to get his guys, uh, rally behind him. I I think there was one saying that his dad always said it was like, uh, forget about the forget about the meals or something about meals and wagons. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, he, I'm I mean, sure. They were I'm sure what he going, says it. It's great. <laughs> oh, it's uh, forget the meals, just load the wagon is what okay. they said. And um, <clears throat> I mean, I mean they start up they start up pretty pretty slow in some of these games you mentioned the oklahoma state game um i mean the texas tech game i mean it's kind of a tale of two halves you're going to get one half in which ku at certain times just does not look like themselves and then on the other hand you're just going to have ku just connecting on all cylinders and particular offensively it did not necessarily come into play against iowa state they earned the hard-fought win over the cyclones and proving the five and oh um the jayhawks were up we're up seven in the first half, only to see their lead trim to one at intermission. And then in a hotly contested second half, the game was just tied in the final minute before KJ Adams hit the game winning jumper with 10 seconds uh, to play. And Kansas, I mean, they shot 45% from the field, six of, uh, six of 21 from three point range. Um, but they did need an offensive spark. And which kind of leads me to my first player to keep an eye on Grady Dick. I mean, he led the Jayhawks to 21 points five rebounds to win it's only his first year as well but he's probably going to be one of these one and done deal type of players um, that will likely uh, declare for the M- for the NBA draft uh, uh, for the NBA as well so um, he he's going to be I mean he's going to be really one of the top players to keep an eye on of course you got Jalen Wilson he's been putting up some big numbers as well um the Jayhawks are averaging a solid 76, um, 76 points uh, per game this season, putting them 69th in the nation. Um, boy, man, 69th in the nation, man. You combine that with Grady Dick, that's just uh, uh, from a Kansas <laughs> That'd be just very nice. Um, <laughs> Tony, you just get the mismatches I, and sorry. suck in the D, and then, you know, you got the 69th even, best if, offense in the country. Even, even Grady Dick mentioned this. <laughs> Like during during his post game, he was like suck on that. I mean, he just went completely silent. He yeah, just he... went, uh, I, I I don't know, I, I don't know, but um, 
currently, uh, I mean, the Jayhawks are currently led by Jalen Wilson scoring the season. He's averaging 19.8 points, 8.9 rebounds, 2.6 assists. Uh, and then, yeah, Grady Dick, he's been averaging 14.6. And Dejuan, and Dejuan Harris, um, he's also pretty dang good as well. Eight point, He's averaging eight points and six assists per game. He's been a solid option as well. Um, and then you also look at the likes of Kevin McCuller, um, uh, MJ Rice, Bobby Pettiford Jr. Um, Zach Clements has also been pretty decent at, lately as well. So they're all going to have to contribute on the offensive end of the floor for Kansas to really contend in this game. Uh, I mean, to really make this attract me because um, knowing the way K-State's offense played last time, I, I, I don't think I'm going to see that. Uh, this uh, on Tuesday with Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson because, I mean, that was a brutal performance against TCU. So, um, in all intents and purposes, it could be uh, it could be a track meet and and KU for but for the most part they shot forty seven point one percent from the field as a team this season. Um, they've been they've been extremely mediocre at the free throw line. They they've converted seventy. Uh, percent up a free throw line so far, leaving them 184th uh, in the country in that category as well. So, I mean, just just a lot of interesting stuff to take notice of this Jayhawks squad. But I think ultimately, when you're just looking at from an offensive perspective, um, Grady Dick and of course Jalen Wilson, those are going to be the two guys that um kind of in the same roles as Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. They're going to be in the game because of a uh, those two guys. Yeah, I think if you were to find an advantage for KU, I think depth is definitely one place where they have an advantage. You know, they've got four guys averaging double figures. They've got the leading score in the Big 12 in yep. Jalen Wilson. He'll obviously, you know, he's get almost getting 20 and nine, you know, playing college basketball. That is just absurd. And they've got, you know, Kevin McCuller, like you mentioned, the Texas Tech transfer. They've got a lot of good dudes. But this this matchup, there's a few really good matchups here. You know, you've got Jalen Wilson, who I already mentioned is the you know leading Big 12 scorer. And you've got Keontae Johnson, who is third in the Big 12 in scoring. So you've got, I mean, two of some of the best players in the Big 12. Um, I was trying to see about, if uh, Keontae Johnson was on the leaderboard for rebounding. Um, how about De- how about Dejuan Harris versus Marquise Noel? Yeah. The well. Yeah, so I mean, there's... I... Go ahead. Man, we... We can, no, you you go ahead. I I yeah. Gosh, <laughs> we've been doing this for too long to be this awkward. Anyway, we're not we're not on our A games tonight. Well, I'm not on my A games. So we're just tonight. we're thinking ahead to KU. Anyway, there's been a lot. I mean, there's you know obviously at media day right. there was some talk of you know I'll we'll take K State's three over any other you know big three, and I think Dewan Harris versus Marquise Duell has been a you know a debated um matchup so i think that'll be really interesting to see you'd think mark Houstonwell would really you know this he's gonna have a game here considering he was there for what happened last year you know and i'm sure that hangs in the back of his mind so i think he'll definitely be ready for that it's gonna be really interesting john uh just a really interesting matchup it, it is and I, I mean i don't know just to me it just feels like it's going to be this game is set up for an offensive track meet. Of course, Kansas, I think another thing you have to point out for them is that they don't have another David McCormick like they did this year. They're not going to have necessarily the bigger guys to dominate the boards like they did last year. And part of it's because, uh, I mean, our 
our our our our fifth position was just just completely irrelevant <laughs> during the game. I mean, you were up uh, rebounded forty five to twenty three. You were just not going to get it done, despite even leading uh, as big as you were. But um, <clears throat> K State's currently averaging seventy eight point two points per game. I mean, they're collecting thirty five point seven rebounds uh, as well, which has been a significant improvement as well. I mean, of course, you're going to have Marquise Noel. Um, we hopefully we're going to see some more um, some more play. Um, I mean, not I wouldn't say play, but maybe some more offensive production from Naquan Tomlin lately. He's at ten point nine. I mean, he's been averaging ten. I mean, eleven points, uh, six rebounds. Um, pretty. I mean, it's pretty much been Naquan Tomlin, Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson. Has pretty much fit three guys. If you, I mean, if you want to put Naquan Tomlin into that ring as well. Um, you, um, those are the only, um, let me see. Those are the only players averaging in double figures. Of course, you're going to have some pretty good performances from Desi Sills, Cam Carter. Um, you also had Tyke Green going off against TCU, um, as well. So they have all contributed for Jerome Tang. Of course, you also got Ish Masood, um, playing some better ball lately besides the TCU game. Um, he's been making some clutch frees, including the Baylor uh, the game one late at Baylor as well. So I think another thing to point out is K-State is hitting seven is hitting an average of seven triples a night. I mean, they're shooting 35% from beyond the arc as well. I think to me, it's just going to be kind of a similar, just kind of similar to what we've seen throughout the rest of the game so far. If K-State's able to connect on their threes, which they were, they just did not look, they just, I don't know. It just did not look that way against TCU, where where it has where where it has been, and some of the other earlier Big Twelve games as well. Um, there are also and and on top of that, the free throw line. If K State's able to get uh, get trips to the line, um, that'll benefit them as well. They did not get they did not get as much as many opportunities to the free throw line as they did against TCU. So, um, I think those are just some other factors to put into to play as well. Yeah, hopefully officiating is something we don't have to talk about in our recap for this game. Um, I, I think Naquan Tomlin is definitely the person to talk about here. I think a lot of the time he's going to be the tallest person on the floor. You know, they're starting five for KU is KJ Adams and Kevin McCuller. They're 6'7 and 6'6", um, you know, respectively. So I think Naquan Tomlin, he's got the shot blocking ability. He's going to be to be a big help on the rebounding side of things along with Keontae Johnson because not only last year was David McCormick giving us trouble but Jalen Wilson on the backside crashing the glass was a a big problem as well so having a big physical guy like Keontae Johnson will be a big help too I mean KU doesn't have you know a David McCormick like last year or even like you know when all the years that they have their Cole Aldridge's Jeff Withy the Morris twins Thomas Robinson I completely forgot about Jeff Whitney's um, Jeff Withy really bringing back the times right <laughs> yeah I'm going all right Nick Collison or um Will Chamberlain uh, he went to KU Will Chamberlain <laughs> that's right. yeah the, the sect addict himself Will Chamberlain <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh let's get back to basketball uh this is showbiz y'all this is, this is what we do we we take shots at other teams, but you I mean it's a rivalry game. We gotta take shots and oh, yeah. I mean you should have seen you should have seen our football episode against Iowa State. I was <laughs> I was going off on them. So oh, um, man. all right, let's 
let's get to it, John. Um, why do you think K State is going to win this game? I think it's the most um, unbiased way I could phrase it. Why and when is K State going to? Well, when is tomorrow, of course. But yeah, uh, why K State's going to win this game? I, I think the difference is going to be Naquan Tomlin. If he's able to power through inside the paint against, like you said, Kevin McCuller, um, KJ Adams as well. I, I think this I think that could be the battle that indicates K-State wins. Um, but I think at the same time, you have you have got to play your A game, especially in the paint, um, in which we saw against KU against uh, when they were playing Oklahoma, they were crashing the boards late and Oklahoma could not do anything about it. And it's kind of worrying me a little bit. K-State hasn't done any, didn't really have a lot of production inside the paint on the defensive end against TCU. So I, I think that's another thing to point out as well. Um, but where I think K-State gets this done, to me, I just feel as if it's going to be Naquan Tomlin's night to shine. I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, he, I mean, yeah, I think in terms of matchups, K-State has some, has some pretty good advantages, especially with Marquis Noel uh, as well, as well. Noel, I'm I'm, doc, I'm a K State Doctor Seuss, but um, I think kind of to su- um to kind of sum up what I was gonna say, um, winning non conference tilts is just one thing, but we're in the thick of things of conference now, and K State's put some solid wins on their on their resume, um. And I and I think on top of that, we haven't fully seen K State show. They haven't shown the the same kind of depth that Kansas brings to the table, um, and and they have shown the ability to win the tight games late as well. But with that being said, I mean it's it, it's it's a big opportunity for K State and Jerome Tang. I, I I mean, this is kind of this is kind of going back to the. TCU preview that we had a little while ago. Oh no, it was a Texas preview where I said like there's a lot of factors that are favoring this team to win, but I'm going to go with K-State, of course, but I think the one little factor um, that's going to be mentioned is that K-State's going to have a little bit I, I, I'm honestly kind of having a hard time thinking of this on the top of my head, but Dude, I I mean I I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if I can see a way K State wins, mainly besides the Noel and Tomlin matchups. Because I mean K I mean, the biggest difference is probably gonna be depth, in which KU has has plenty of guys to lean towards, and K State nece- doesn't necessarily have all the key pieces to make it a game. I think maybe if you would have had David and Gasson, um, fully healthy as well, I think that could have been another big difference because you're getting in another big guy who has seen some big minutes and he's, he's put out some quality numbers as well, but he isn't to the full health. And I mean, but TCU game was kind of, was kind of getting to the point in which we needed to, I mean, I don't know. I was just kind of thinking in my head, man, do we have to burn Jarrell Colbert's Richard or not? Or I I was, I just wasn't sure, but K-State never got closer, uh, closer than 13, the rest of the way. I'm just to wind up with a loss. So um, I I I think overall, when 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 comparing these two teams, it, 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 the depth is going to be the biggest difference. And uh, uh John, like you're I, making you're making it sound like you're going to pick KU. Like I am falling apart here. I don't know what I'm doing. 
I'm going to try and avoid every possible way of saying KU's going to win. But I'm, I mean, my heart is like, my heart is purple. But in my mind is like, but my mind is thinking, all right, we got Keontae Johnson. We got Marquise Noel. We got Naquan Tomlin. But we're going to need some tremendous input from everybody else. We're going to need Cam Carter to come up clutch, Desi Sills. Um, we're going to need Tyke. We need more of uh, minutes from TCU, from Tyke Green. I mean, from Tyke Green, like we saw against TCU as well. So I'm just going to go with my guts. If we're gonna, if we have the same, if we have a type of input from everybody, I think K State's gonna win. And you add into the Bramwich factor, you add in the Octagon of Doom factor. All right, this, I mean, whatever Missouri plays in, that's irrelevant. Whatever, uh, I mean, Hilton Coliseum, that's irrelevant. Uh, I mean, not, none of the other Big Twelve atmospheres, except maybe Texas Tech's home court, uh, could rival the Octagon of Doom. Um. Uh, when 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 the Jayhawks are in town, and I think that's gonna be, I mean, it, I I don't know, man. The home court, it's just the home court. I just feel it in my blood. Case that's case it's gonna be feeding off a lot of energy, especially Marquise Noel if he's able to really round up some energy, um, come up with a few turnovers. I guess another thing to point out as well is gonna be the turnover battle as well. Um, I haven't fully looked up the numbers, but. Um, if Marquise Noel is able to rack up some turnovers, I think this could be that could be one of the ways K State wins the game as well. Yeah, I mean, when you lose the turnover battle twenty to ten against TCU, you're not going to win a lot of games. Um, just a stat here that I saw: uh, Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson in our big three wins so far in the Big Twelve: Texas, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. They combined for 152 points over three games, the both of them. So, I mean, Bill Self and K, you know that. If we're going to put up a lot of points, it's going to come the majority from Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. And, you know, it's been talked about that, you know, Bill Self in these games likes to throw some weird stuff at us in this rivalry. So, I mean, if we see a triangle and two or a box and one or something on Keontae and Marquise to try and slow them down. I mean, I think if they they can accept the fact that if they lose the game to Desi Sills and Camp Carter, and Naquan Tomlin, but I think they're going to try and not let Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel win the game which is where I think our passing comes into play. And we're a very good team at passing. We're sixth in the country in a six uh, assist percentage. I mean, almost two thirds of our field goals have come from assists. So we're passing the ball really well. And that I comes mean, Mar- down to Mar- Mar- Marquise Noel. Yeah, Marquise Noel. And the thing is like, you know, with somebody who's five, eight, I mean, he's obviously experienced dealing with this, but I'd imagine KU is probably going to like hedge the heck out of their screens and just try and double and force Marquise to one to uncomfortable situations and then they just kind of create panic on offense and we can't really get anything going in our half court. So I think, I mean, Naquan Tomlin's going to be the guy to watch for, for me to have a big game. Maybe Cam Carter can find a stroke and hit some spot up threes. Um, if we can win the rebounding battle, you know, get a decent amount of assists, not turn the ball over. Uh, I think KSA can win this game. And I said they could win it pretty handily. Uh, I'm really going to be looking forward to when Marquise Noel does some fancy pass to absolutely clown on KU. And then the KU fans just say that he's like low character or something for being so flashy, not playing the game. He's not playing the game the right way. Or maybe I'll, I'll hop onto a Brian Haney on a radio play by play for KU. You know, he'll find, he'll, he'll find a way to blame the refs or, Oh, what a disgusting act by Marquise Noel behind the back pass to Keontae Johnson. 
Oh my gosh. I'm still getting flashbacks oh, of the Cal game where he where he did the behind the back pass for Naquan Tomlin and he just hammered it home. I mean, I I mean I Bramwich Bramwich would turn upside down if he saw something like that occur against Kansas. Um so I mean n- nonetheless, I mean you 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 are absolutely correct. When I mean I, I, I do believe KU is gonna do all they can to try and go all around Marquise Noel. And I think that's another thing to uh, uh, point out as well. He's leading the Big 12 in assist with 8.5. I mean, averaging 8.5 per game. And if he's able to use that to his advantage, getting to the likes of Keontae Johnson and Naquan Tomlin, then that's another way that K-State can really contend to this game, especially, I mean, you, you mentioned it. I mean, you gotta you, you can't play sloppy as well, like we've seen against TCU and Oklahoma State as well. Um, so j- j- I mean, th- that's, that's my, that's, that's one of what I'm looking at in terms of a game. I, 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 dude, I mean the, but this, like, if you were asking me like on a non-personal bias scale, uh, who, who would you have winning this game? I'd, I mean, I'd probably have KU, but, but, uh, this is, uh, this is a K-State, this is a K-State podcast. So, uh, uh, I mean, you already know what's going to happen. Uh, K-State's going to bring the doom. Uh, we're gonna get a lot of big input from the likes of Desi Sills, Cam Carter, uh, and maybe Tyke Green at times as well. Uh, and KU, um, they're just gonna make a lot of bad decisions. And I think one, and I think Grady Dick might be uh, one of those guys. I mean, he's gonna try and play his heart out for KU, but it's just not gonna be enough. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's my. I mean, I, 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 I got the Cats winning this one. I got the Cats winning this one. Truly shocking. Uh, as we as we're recording this, John Tang actually just went trending on Twitter. There have been twenty and a half thousand tweets about uh, Coach Tang and his comments in the press conference. So being talked about um, a lot in the K State circles. Um, so it's going to be a really good game. Uh, obviously, I don't even need to say it. You're going to be watching it. So uh, it should be a really good game. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there at the end of the show, just because I, I think it'd be really funny if this ages terribly. Um, the Cowboys are up 18 to nothing as we're recording this on the Bucks, And there's no way the Buccaneers could come back. Right, John? That's just impossible. Yeah, no, There's no, no, no way, way that could happen. There's no ways. I mean, it's, I mean, but, but what, I mean, we've seen a Florida team uh, come down from 27. 20- <laughs> Zero, but 18 to nothing i mean that's impossible that's, man there's Dallas, absolutely no way that could happen yeah we, we haven't seen tom brady come back before either no no i uh, i can't recall uh, anything like that i can't recall anything like that either I, I mean, it's just <laughs> it just boggles my i mean that just boggle my mind blake it would boggle uh, my mind all right. Well, make sure you're following us on Twitter at ShakenBlake785. The links to our personal Twitters are in the description of this video as well. Make sure you're following the podcast, leave a review, and catch by 90. Catch by 90. Hey, ball. Ma. Ema. Ema. <laughs> <laughs>